0: We are the family of God Hello, thank you for listening to the Avenue JCLC podcast My name is Christopher Stevens and I'm the minister at the Avenue G Church of Christ Where we are people of more We hope that you enjoy and have enjoyed listening to this podcast Where you can find sermons, congregational singing and talk shows With myself and youth minister Joshua Williams We pray that the content is a blessing to you, and we hope that everyone listening can join us in person for worship and Bible class. We are located at 601 West Avenue G, Temple, Texas, 76504. And don't forget to visit us online at avegcoc.org. From the people of Moore to you, thank you, and God bless. Are new service here? Run free. Run free. Now, run free. You see the signs posted around the building. You see the finish line here. You see crowns. But, I want you to understand all of us in here, and I sound of my voice, are running. Right? Yes. You can pronounce that G like more stuff than running. Right? We are running. <laughs> I remember a forgettable race. I remember a forgettable race that I had in my past. As a child, uh, every summer was marked by something that I dreaded. And that meant when school was over, I would get to stay up as late as I wanted to. I would get to watch all the TVs that I wanted to. But summertime meant that I was going to have to run summer track. And I hated summer track. I hated having to run. I hated being tired. I hated breathing hard. I hated it, I hated it, I hated it. And I remember running, and at the end of the season, they would have us go to this big track meet where it seemed like all the Texas came out, and we would race against each other to see who would advance to the state championship. And I remember training all summer long, and then they wanted to put me in the 200, right? Now, I'm husky. (laughs) <laughs> All right. I had to shop in the Husky section at Wieners, and they put me on the 200. They didn't have shop putting discus for the big kids back then. So I was going the 200, and I remember having a good warm-up. I felt good. I didn't eat any junk food. And I line up, and they let us use the blocks then. I don't know why. Kids shouldn't use blocks. It's not a good idea, but they let us use the blocks, and I get down the blocks. Up and you get yourself to get sad. That gun goes off. I'm running. I'm running that curve. And my daddy said we gotta lean on this. So I'm leaning. So I'm feeling myself at this point in time. I'm get that neck thing going. When you run around that curve, right? And you run around that curve. And I'm actually doing something. I'm looking. I got a good lane. I'm in the front. I can hear people yelling. It's going crazy in the stands, right? All of a sudden, my legs started getting heavy. Felt like concrete was in my shoes. My arms started getting tired. And there was somebody that had a lasso. And they put it around my forehead. And my head went back like this. And I ran like this. And then those people that I was just in front of started running past me. I lost. Last place. Good start bad finish. And that's what some of us have to deal with. We have great starts in our life as Christians. We have a lot of zeal coming out the gates. We get baptized, we're on fire for God, we want to tell everybody about how great God is and what God can do for them. And then all of a sudden, that monkey jumps on your back and it causes you to not want to finish the race. You have that divorce that happens in your life and that monkey jumps on your back. Your kid's not acting right, they do a crazy thing that monkey jumping on your back. You got old and you got sick, and that monkey jumps on your back. And all of a sudden, you say, I can't run anymore. But I want you to understand that we don't run alone. We don't run alone. God doesn't allow us to run alone, He's saying He'll run with us. But some of us have to be willing. We have to be willing run with him. There'll be points in your life where you are going to not want to run. And whenever we're talking about this race throughout the next couple of weeks, I want you to understand that when we are running, that means that you're living the Christian life. Everybody in here is going to run a race. How well will you run it? How well will you run it? Will you give up right whenever you have just a little bit of it to go? It'd be a shame if you start out sprinting, you're in first place, and then you give up before you cross the finish line. That'd be a shame. But thank God, we don't have to run alone. I wish that I would have had somebody come and pick me up to finish that race. That would have been nice. (laughs) That would have been nice. We don't run alone, though. Let's go. Let's see what God has to say about how we are to run this race. Let's turn our our Bibles to the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews is a book that is anonymous in authorship. It is anonymous in audience. We don't know really who wrote it. We don't know what audience it went to. But one thing that we do know is that the people that was written to, they were struggling. And they were Israelites. And so as the writer of Hebrews, Goes through his letter to this Hebrew congregation, this Hebrew group of people, he wants them, or he already assumes that they understand the old history of the people of God. They understand the story of the Israelites. And so he starts off this book by describing the faith that they have. Because right now, this people who he's writing to, they're dealing with some things. Right now, the Hebrew audience has the monkey on their back. This is 30 30 years after the day of Pentecost. And it's not so far away from Jesus leaving this earth to where there wouldn't have been people alive who actually would have known somebody who saw him or saw them themselves. And so they're out the gate. The gun has just been shot. And now they're being persecuted. Now they're suffering. Now they're losing their literal lives because of what they believe in the Hebrew writer tells them to stay focused. In the Bible, we're going to look at Hebrews 12, 1-3. The Bible says therefore, since we also have such a cloud, such a large cloud of witnesses. Can we say witnesses? witnesses? Witnesses. I want you to understand that witnesses aren't just people who testify against somebody in trial. Witnesses are someone who says, in biblical terms, this is someone who makes clear, who says this is what this is. And here the Hebrew writer says, we have a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us. He says, let us lay aside every, every, can we say every? Every, every. every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance. Can we say endurance? Endurance. The race that lies before us. Verse 2. Keeping our eyes on Jesus. That's important. Say, keeping our eyes on Jesus. Keeping our eyes on Jesus. I want you to understand that if you're taking notes, you need to write this down because this is going to be key throughout this series. We have got to keep our eyes on Jesus. I need you to understand, when you're running, it is not good to put your head back. It's going to mess you up when you're running. (laughs) That's messed up form. And if we don't have our eyes stayed on Jesus, that sounds like a good song, Brother Rose. If we don't have our eyes stayed on Jesus, then our running form is messed up. It says, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith, for the joy that lay before him. It's talking about Jesus now. This is what you keep your eyes on for the joy that lay before Before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, so that you won't grow weary and give up. Say, giving up is not an option. I don't think you believe it. Say, giving up is not an option.
1: Giving up is
0: not an option. It's not an option. Now, don't y'all get out of here and lie. Don't get out of here and give up, all right? Now let's focus on verse number one here, Hebrews chapter twelve, verse number one. What does the Bible say, Brother Arnold? Therefore, uh-huh. since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now I want you to focus on this portion right here. He starts off with the word therefore. That doesn't mean that there's four things. Okay. <laughs> I want you to understand that he's saying because of what I just said to you above, because of what I just said to you above. You may be asking yourself, what did he say, Chris? I haven't read Hebrews chapter oh, eleven. Well, I want you to know that in Hebrews chapter 11 is where he begins to describe what exactly faith is. And what he does is he gives the definition of faith first and then he starts naming out people and how they use their faith to remain faithful to God. And so he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also. Let us also lay aside every weight. Now, pause right here. When we look at this cloud of witnesses, it's this imagery of this thing that is above us. He says we have all of these people who have been witnesses. This word in the Greek looks exactly like the English word martyr. A martyr. Do y'all remember Stephen? Stephen speaking to this group of Jews. He says to them, you guys are hypocrites. Let me tell you about the story of Israel. And how God's holy people have always went against his actual holy people. And he tells them about himself and he describes the whole history of the Israelite people and what they decide to do with Stephen after this is to congratulate him and lift him up on their shoulders. No, not what happened, right? They said, Okay, because you told us the truth about what actually is, we are going to stop. That's what somebody who is a martyr is. They usually end up dying because of what they believe to be true. And he says, you have this great cloud of martyrs, witnesses, people who have shown that faithfulness is the right thing to do around you. Right? And then he says to them, you have this around you. You have these examples to live by. He says, now the thing that you have to do is what? Let us also lay aside every weight. He said, let us lay aside. That means take off. Just like we're in our thesis studies and talk about taking off that that old self, that old you who you used to be. He said, lay aside what? Every weight. He says, lay aside every weight. This right here is talking about an an impedance. Something that stops you from progressing forward. There are things in your life... That keep you from progressing forward. Understand. There are some things in your life. That keep you from being faithful to God. Some of them. Some of them. Are people. Some of them are people. There are some people in your lives. That keep you from being faithful to God. They are weight. They hold you back. From having an actual good relationship. With God. Amen? Some of them are your jobs. Some of our jobs keep us from being in a good relationship with God. They're weighing on us. They cause us when we're running to slow down because they have so much weight in our lives. And guess what? People ain't heavy. Jobs ain't heavy. Relationships ain't heavy. Children aren't heavy. We make them. Put more weight into it. Mom. You understand that? It's not, it's nothing wrong with having a job. But when you put more weight on going to that job than you do with coming into Bible study
1: and right. to right. worship,
0: that's when it becomes heavy. When you put more weight yeah. into that significant other, that girlfriend right. that boyfriend, even a spouse. When you put more weight into that drinking habit, the smoking habit that you have, that pornography habit that you have, that's when they become weights. That's when they become (laughs) hindrances. And Paul says if you want to run this race, if you want to run this race, then you have to take that stuff off. You have to lay it aside. And I know that it's hard to take off weights. It's a struggle. And you know, when you think about the imagery here, think about this. When you go into the gym and you lift up those dumbbells that you haven't been there for six months, right? You lift it up. That means that you have to exert some effort. That means that you're going to have to do something that's not going to miraculously happen. It's not going to miraculously happen for you. You have to put forth effort to lay aside these There's some weights in someone's life. This point, you know very well that it's keeping you from God. Are you going to take those weights off? It's a question you have to ask yourself. Am I going to take these weights off? And sometimes the weights can be ourselves, Yeah. our attitudes, dispositions, how we view life. Pessimistic attitude. Mm-hmm. Everything's always bad. Everything is always everybody else's fault. The right. man is against me. The government is against me. Right. <laughs> Weighing ourselves down where we can't even run faithful lives. Mm-hmm. This is saved folk. This is us folk. Folk that's supposed to be saved. Got nothing but negative things to say about life. Lay it off. Put it aside. That's weights. That's slowing you down. You got a race to run. He says also, let us also lay aside every weight, and what else? And the sin that clings so closely. Now, this right here, I don't know why it reads like this in the English but in the Greek, the word there is not so much that it is so close to you, but it is the thing that has a grasp on you. There are some sins, right? Huh? There are some sins that bother me that don't bother Brother Ro. There are some things that bother Brother Roe, but they don't bother me. And those things that bother me but not Brother Ro are the things that have to Tightest grasp on Just think about it for a moment. Just think. When you smell that brown liquor, it does nothing for me, but to you, live home, it might. cause you to want to yep. All right. When you see Beyonce on the TV, it might not do anything for your wife, but the husband might be thinking it's your about All right. All right. Wife's looking at Boris Cujo. <laughs> Don't do nothing for the husbands. do do something for a thought somewhere sinful. Oh, There's right. something that clings tight to you. Oh, there are that sins hate? that affect us differently than other people. Some of us can't help but to kill people with our tongues. It clings to us. We get some kind of, 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 of high off of doing it. Some of us can't help a lot. There are people who can't tell the truth. They don't even have to lie. They just lie just because. <laughs> something that cleans to them. Don't laugh too much because you have a sin that, that you commit too. Yes. These things that we do, these things that we do, these things that we easily fall into. You know how you can say, okay, that sin over there is worse because I don't engage in that sin? And then you want people to have sorrow, uh, be sorrowful for you whenever you commit your sin. That's that sin that easily cleans to you. That's that one that catches you up that causes you to trip while you're trying to run. That that's that sin right there. Are you thinking about that sin right there? That one that causes you to want everybody to say, Oh, forgive them because they have sinned. I slipped up again. Forgive me. But I hate those homosexuals. Well, that's the sin that ensnared us. That thing that you think about right now. That's that sin that ensnared
1: us. He says, I want you to lay
0: aside those weights, lay aside those sins that cling so closely, and what else? And let us run with perseverance. He says, and let us run. Now I need you to understand if you want to live the life of a Christian, it is not enough for you to begin the race and stop. What if you watch the Olympics? Y'all remember Michael Johnson? Michael Johnson was a bad boy. Michael Johnson used to run the two, the four. It didn't matter what it was. Michael Johnson was gonna sprint that thing, right? What if they shoot the gun and then Michael Johnson just stops? He starts off a couple of steps and stops. That's not a race. That's not running. Understand? not enough for you to be saved, for you to accept the salvation that jesus christ offered and then not run the race running the race means that you're going to have spectators running the race means that somebody's watching you as you live your christian life and if you don't run they miss out on the witness that you provide and all of a sudden there's one crowd that's missing and the clouds Did you get that? You may be responsible for somebody missing. You don't run their ring. And then he says, let us run. Let us run. With perseverance. With perseverance. I want you to see this word perseverance here. This means uh, to have the capacity to bear up. The capacity to bear up. Uh, This word here means to summon up courage, resolution, and strength. Some of us, when we get into these (laughs) situations, what do we do? We fold under pressure. I don't know why my life is the way that it is. (laughs) I try and I try again. And all I have is bad luck. We have to understand that this race that we run is not going to to be without challenges. Some of us are going to catch. Some of our legs are going to get heavy. Some of us are going to be out of breath. Because if the race is going to be easy, there will be no need to mention perseverance. But he says here that we have to bear up. When we face these tough situations, we got to say, I need courage. And sometimes your courage is not enough. Because the way that God works is in your God, yes. But sometimes we get too busy trying to be strong all by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's when we mess up. That's when we fail. We can't do it by ourselves. Christianity is not something that you can do by yourself. If you come to nothing but worship, understand that you're going to fail. You need brothers and sisters. You need Bible study. You need to have relationship with the folks in your congregation. Because if you don't, it's hard to have perseverance. When you don't have somebody to share you, when you're not refueling. Amen? He says, let us run with perseverance the race, what? Read, Brother the race that is set before He says the race that is set before us, That means I can't waste my time Trying to run Brother Rose's race God has laid a race before me It's my job to raise my children But once they get up age They're going to have to run their own race I can't run their race for them It's too many times That we fail at running our race Because we're trying to run somebody else I'm not responsible for your race I can tell you how to run it, but I can't run for you. This verb right here that we see when he says the race that is laid before you, this is a passive verb. That means that God isn't out here intentionally making your race harder than someone else's. Life happens. God is not being mean to you. Life happens. And God is so gracious that the race that he sets before you, even though it just happens, he makes sure that you can endure it. Yes, amen. Did y'all know that? Yes. God isn't just making your path harder than everybody else's. You can do it if you try. Yes. And if you understand that you're not doing it alone. Yes. Amen? Because yes. when you try to do it alone, you're going to mess up. So we must understand that we are not running alone. And if we want to run a good race, we must be willing to let go of things that we know keep us from doing so. Yes. Amen? Yes. Verse number two, brother Arnold. Read verse number two. Keeping our eyes on Jesus. Keeping our eyes on Jesus. We must when we when we're running this race of Christianity, we have to have tunnel vision. We have to have tunnel vision when it comes to Jesus. That means that when I'm running my race, I can't let the people that's not running distract me from what I'm doing. Amen. I keep running as hard as I can, but such and such in the stands over here oh, not right. running at all, doing better than I'm doing. Of course, they're doing better than you because they're not running. Hello. Right. Hello. They ain't running the race. Hello. You are. Yes. So why you focus on what everybody else got going on when you right. got a race before you? Yes. The thing about this race that we run, this race that's called Christianity, the thing about it is, is that I don't have to beat Brother Arnold. I don't have to beat Josh. I just have to finish. My competition is me. I just have to finish. I don't have to do better than anybody else. All I have to be is Chris, the child of God. Yes, amen. And finish. That's it. It says we have to keep our eyes on Jesus. That word there means I have to have complete focus on Jesus. There's one thing about my grandfather. If y'all know my grandpa, when he drives and if you wave at him or blow your horn, he's not going to wave back. You know why? Because he got tunnel vision. When he drives, he has tunnel vision. He sees nothing but what's in front of him. You blow your horn, he's not waving. Because what's in front of him is important. Either that or it's peripheral vision. Right? We have to be like that. Now think about what Jesus is. He's the son of God, 100% God, 100% human, and yet he lived on this world with no sin. The Hebrew writer goes on to explain some more things about Jesus. What do you say, Brother it's The source and perfecter. It says that it is the source and perfecter. The source and perfecter. Brother Rowe, what does your version say for source there? I know he got the old school King James. What does it say there? Yes, sir. Okay. Looking Jesus. Okay. Author and finisher. And the King James says author and finisher. Author and finisher. It says that Jesus is the one. Jesus is the one who is the source. He causes this thing called faith to begin. He causes this thing to begin. He is also the perfecter. I'm giving y'all time to write this down, that's so I'm going slow. Source is one who calls for something to begin. Perfector is one who makes possible the successful completion of something. Whenever you're looking at runners, when you're looking at runners, I want you to understand that if somebody tries to run barefoot, they're going to hurt themselves. Okay? There's this thing called arches. You're going to mess something up running barefoot. You cannot finish a race without certain giving. Jesus is the one who makes possible the successful completion of this race called faith. Jesus is both the start and the finish line when it comes to our faith. Faith. It starts with Jesus and ends with Jesus. Y'all understand that? It starts with Jesus and it ends with Jesus. But what is this thing called faith? What is this thing called faith? Well, turn your Bible back on chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 11. Verse number 1. Hebrews 11. Chapter 11. Verse number 1. The Bible says this. Brother, I'll read that. Verse number 1. Now faith is a reality of what is hoped The Hebrew Bible says, the, the, uh, the Hebrews uh, epistle says, Now faith is what? Reality. It's the reality of what is hoped of for. what is hoped for. The proof. The proof of what is not seen. It's what is not seen. Now I want you to understand this. Now, in my, my older age, I still like to ride roller coasters. Still like to ride roller coasters. Every time I go to Six Flags, I wait in line. You sit there for hours, right? <laughs> Depending on how good the ride is. It. If it's got a long ride, it's gonna be Got a long line, it's gonna be good. That's my tip right there for you. You wait in line, you sit there, you talk, and then what happens is the loud noise of the roller coaster causes you to look at it. And you look at that roller coaster, and then you start to think to yourself, man, that looks pretty dangerous. That looks pretty dangerous, right? And you're in line because you're wanting to get onto this thing. And you want to do this thing, but then you start looking at the roller coaster and the loud sound. And then you remember that movie Final Destination where the <laughs> like the roller coaster. The roller coaster track broke and it flew up in the air and all those. A, it, it begins to kind of weigh on your head. Right? But then you get closer and closer and you see the front of the line and it starts to separate you by where you're going to sit on the roller coaster. And then you tell yourself, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. going to be okay. <laughs> Get ready to get onto the roller coaster. And I sit down and I pull the thing down that covers and cover keeps you in the seat. And then it doesn't come all the way, it do not click like the person next to me. I tell myself, I'm not going to be as safe as that person or that person that just got off of here. Doubt <laughs> comes into my mind. Right? I'm going to die. <laughs> right. Now, am I dead at the moment? No. It's not real. But I'm thinking in my head, I'm going to fall out this roller coaster
1: and I'm going to be a hashtag. A hashtag. A
0: cool on. And I just say to myself, I'm already here. I've decided that I'm going to ride this thing. I'm going to be alright. Ride the roller coaster and two minutes later I'm back. There's the reality that I'm safe. Faith works just like that. We decide to run this thing called a Christian race and we see bad things that have happened to other people. and we say to ourselves, I don't know if I can finish because I remember what happened to such and such. I remember that they lost their mother before they were ready to lose their mother.
1: I remember that their spouse cheated on them and they never
0: recovered from it. I remember that their kids left home and just started wilding out, even though they were Christians. How am I going to raise children when I know I'm not as good as that person is? That's us waiting in the line to get to destinations that ain't even real yet. And it's not until you decide, that I'm going to bear up and have courage and get on track and continue to run this race, that you realize that even though I'm not in my tomorrow, and even though I'm not in my eternity in heaven, it's just as real as the moment that I'm living in now. Because God doesn't break promises. So if God said that you are saved through baptism, that means that it's the truth. And that means that it is the reality. Now, we are used to hearing Hebrews 11 1 as faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But I like this version here because what it's saying here is that faith allows you to see the reality of the good outcome, even though it's not present. That's what faith is. I believe and trust in God so much that I know that what He has for me. Already real. You oh, I can't touch it? I can't see it. I can't feel it. I can't smell it. Nothing. I know that it's real because God said it was. Well. That's faith. Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. Verse number two, Brother it. For by it. For by it. I'll our ask ancestors, our ancestors, God's approval. One God's approval. I love this verse right here because the Hebrew writer says that God. Approved of our ancestors because they had active faith. It's not enough to believe, but they got down and did what they needed to do for the purposes of their faith. And they said they won God's approval. And there's nothing like having God's approval. Don't you want God to be proud of you? Yes. Verse number three. What does it say? By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. He says by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. We weren't there to see the creation of everything but because of faith we know that it happened because I'm standing on it. Right now I see the reality of things created by God. Right now I see the order of things done by God. I see that the earth is tilted at such an axis to where we have seasons. I see that I breathe out carbon dioxide and I inhale oxygen Tree, and I see the order in that, and I know that there's a designer. Oh. Yes, amen. That's faith. I see the realness of what is going on. God is able. God is able to see Oh, And if God sees all, He tells you that it's okay. And it's real. But God is not. God, just like he did with Abraham, he's able to see that you're worthy of the promised land based on your faith. You Do not realize that? God couldn't pick any person in the world at that time. He chose Abraham because of his faith. Because of his faith, he made the promises to Abraham. Turn your Bible back to Hebrews 12, verse number 2. Let's look back at that again. The Bible again says what, well, Brother Keeping our eyes on Jesus. Keeping our eyes on Jesus. The source and perfecter of our faith. Uh-huh. For the joy that lay before him. All right. He endured the cross, despising the shame. I want to pause right here for a moment because I need you to understand what's happening. They say, keep focused on Jesus, right? Keep focused on Jesus. Say, keep focused on Jesus. Keep focused on Jesus. When we look at Jesus and what he went through, the Bible here reads, Jesus had joy. that's what he's saying Jesus had a mind that said okay I can go through this because I know what's on the other side I know that once I go through this hard time in my life people take advantage of me people telling me that I am not anything spitting on me beating me poking me I'm the creator and I'm allowing the creation to do this to me I'm going to go through this because on the other side there's joy. The race that is laid out before you. Some of us, God has asked of us to be beaten Some of us, God has asked of us to be proud. Some of us, God has asked of us to be called things that we are not. All for the sake of the world to see and believe. God the Father knew that Jesus. Just like he knows that you can finish whatever race it is that he has laid for you. You may be thinking to yourself, Chris, I don't know if I can finish. There's been nothing but bad for so many years. My body doesn't work the way it's supposed to. My money is not right. My job is a dead-end job. And I just can't seem to. Back to verse number two. It says that even though he had to go through the cross, it says that he despised the shame. You see what's happening at the same time? He both had joy and he still had disgust for the things that he's got to go through. It's possible to have a negative view of your negativity and still have joy. It's possible for those two things to happen at the same time. It's possible. For you to hate the situation that you're in and still have joy that means i don't have to walk around like like i'm just depressed to where the whole world is about to fall apart at any time i don't have to be mad at the whole world all the time i can still have joy when things aren't going the way that i want them to go even when i have to run when i'm tired even whenever i have to run Whenever my arms can't function, even when I have to run and there's so many distractions going on all around me, I can still have joy in my race. There's going to be times when your race isn't good. There's going to be times when you feel like walking, when you should be running. But understand that you're not alone. Abraham, Enoch, all these people have faith. Your brothers and sisters in this room today have to walk and run by faith. You're not alone. But you miss out on those things when you don't come back. And you can look around, look around. Look around right now. Look to your left, look to your right, look to the front, look to the back. Everybody in here ain't gonna be back at five o'clock. And what what's gonna happen is, I know that you're going home because you want to rest, you want to take a nap. Some of y'all will going to rest yourself to hell. I'm not doing it. Some of us are going to nap our way to hell. Because we don't want to learn more about Christ. Because we don't want to help our brothers and sisters out. And sometimes we think that when we come into this building, that it's only for us to be nourished. Sometimes it's your job to nourish somebody else. Yes, Amen. Well, the Bible says this is just the Lord's day. So I don't have to come back on the Lord's day. Come on now. Come on now. Come on. That's all I got to say. Come on now. Verse number three. But consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. Consider him again. It says consider Jesus. Consider him again who endured. This word endured shows up again. Who brought up this strength from somewhere. When he's on the cross and he yells out for his father. Jesus isn't relying on his own strength at this point. He's bearing up saying, I have to face this thing. I have to endure this thing. It says to consider Jesus who endured such hostility. This means that people were going against him who should have been following him. There's no way his people should have betrayed him, but they did. And he had to bear up so he can go through. What are you willing to endure for your faith? What are you willing to endure for your faith? Are you willing to experience something you despise in order to continue the race? Are you willing to endure something you despise? Like Jesus had to endure the cross and the shame that he despised. Are you willing to go through it to continue the race? I'm talking about having a faith to where you will run through a wall to get to the finish line. Are you willing to do it? I'm trying to shoot a shot of adrenaline into your spirit this morning. I need you to understand that we cannot give up. Giving up is not an option. It's not an option. We have to continue. We can't go backwards. Verse number 3 again, Brother Arnold. Well, consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, so that you won't grow weary and give up. Jesus says, consider him to endure such hostility from sinners. That means he's getting hostility from people who don't deserve to have the peace that they have. He said, consider Jesus so that you don't give up. Now, I was trying to think of a way to Exemplify this, to to narrate this, and give you a word of what this thing looks like when we run this Christian race. But I was blessed to have uh, Brother Scott. He reminded me of this video here. I want you to see this video. This is Derek Redmond as he is in the Olympics. He's running his race. Watch what happens. Started off his race. Starting off great like we all start off great. He begins his race and he pulls up lane, his hamstring. He tries with all his might to finish. He hops down the track as much as he can by himself. But just like there there comes a point whenever you have to realize, I can't do this by myself. What happens in the video is, is that his father He allows, listen, the father allows the child to lean on him while he runs. There are people who come onto the track to try to get them both to leave the track. And the father says, get away. We're finishing this race. God can do the same for you as his father did for him. The distractions, God can. You can't finish the race, God can help you finish. You weren't meant to run alone. You weren't meant to run alone. This race is not one that you run by yourself. No, I'm not competing with someone else, but I run with the Father. That's the only way that I can finish. He gives me strength through His Son, Jesus. That's my focus. That's my finish. That's my start. That's my finish. Every day we have to tell ourselves, run over and over. Focus on Jesus, because guess what? Each one of you are runners. Whether you want to admit it or not, you're runner. You have a life to lead. You have an example to set. You all are runners. As we here today take this message with you, I'm starting something. As I finish, as I, as I leave this building, I'm starting a race. Every week, we're going to continue that race. Every week, we're going to come in and be refueled. On Wednesdays, we're going to come in and be refueled. And we're going to keep running this race together, strongly. And we're going to finish this thing together. Amen? If you're not a Christian on this morning, I want you to understand that the race that you're running now is to your own detriment. The race that you run without God is not a race at all. You're on a wheel like a hamster, running and exerting energy for no reason at all. But if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, I want you to know that that's a path towards salvation. If you believe it, if you believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth, hung and died for your sins, then you can begin the process of repentance, which means, I want to change my mind. I want to change my mind for the purposes of living for God. I want to turn away from the wrong living and turn towards right living. Are you willing to confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Are you willing to be baptized for the remission of your sins? Baptism is where our sins are washed away and we become new creatures in Christ. As you come forward, as we sing the song of invitation, I invite you to come forward, ask for prayer, and we'll pray with you. If you need to be baptized, come forward, and we'll baptize you on this day as we sing the song of there's a fountain preaching on you and